morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Coffees On Podcast, your new source for entertainment while you enjoy one of Earth's beautiful creations. Whether you're starting your day when the sun is up or down, we're here to help get you going. When the pandemic struck and forced us into quarantine, we didn't know when something as easy as grabbing a cup of joe with friends was going to be an option again. So, we made an adjustment. Instead of going out to coffee, we invited our friends to join us remotely. Now, we're extending that invite to you. So join our live stream every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 10 a.m. Central, on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, or YouTube, and be a part of our small but growing family. And if you can't catch the live stream, no worries, we got you covered. Catch up with what you missed from your new favorite source of caffeinated entertainment right here. I'm Marco Marquez. And I'm Armand Alessani. And this is Coffee's On with Marco and Armand. I just hope both teams have fun. That's my that's my mantra for tonight. Armand's a bulldog tonight. <laughs> How was your weekend, man? It was good. Uh, pretty low-key. Um, just hung out with Lily and then saw my mom. How was yours? It was good. Um, Saturday worked. Sunday worked, but came home afterwards for Easter dinner, sort of post-Easter dinner. They do Easter during the day at my house, so mm-hmm. I got there kind of after the festivities and then everyone had their drinks. <laughs> So um, it was cool though. Eight and then drove back here. I passed out like at nine thirty yesterday. Mm. I was tired as hell. Yeah, I've been sleeping earlier last few days. Oh no, that's my uncle Haji. Hey, uncle Haji. Good morning, uncle Haji. <laughs> Good morning. I like how he said, "What's up?" We're back in two thousands. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Happy oh, Monday. God. Happy Monday, everybody. Man. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. We're just, yeah. I don't know. I kind of woke up a little earlier than usual. At, at where you're at right now? In the nice. makeshift room, as Arian calls it. It's not really a room. I think it's, uh, I forgot what it's called. Um, it's like not. The guest room. No, uh, in apartments, it can't be a room because I guess it doesn't fit the room definition. Oh, gotcha. So it's like called something else because mm. it's smaller than a room. Today, today it's the studio. I think it's a studio. That's what it is. Uh, look at that. Look at that. So what, what are you drinking today? You got Starbucks, I see. What did you order from good old Starbucks? Well, my mom said she has no coffee. So... <laughs> I just got a caramel caramel latte, I think. Okay. So it's fine. Fine. It's good. Tasty. What are you drinking? Uh, you know, Kroger's Kroger's best French roast mm. from from the Keurig. Keurig? 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 Keurig. Keurig. Uncle Keurig. Uncle Keurig. Greg egg. Cousin Greg. Mm. So you know what's happening tonight other than the national title game. No, what's tonight? Aaron Rodgers is hosting Jeopardy. 
Oh, I didn't know that's at night. I thought that'd be during the day. That's what I was thinking. But I just saw on Twitter it's going to be the night. I didn't see what time it was at. But uh, our live audience says 7 or 8 o'clock tonight. So maybe it's maybe they did it on purpose to lead up to the national title game, even though I think Jeopardy's a Fox show, not CBS. But I think Jeopardy's syndicated, so it can be on anything. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe that's maybe that's the preview to the preview for the national title game. I, I think it, I think it depends where you're at and what it's on, like those yeah. other shows, right? Right. Um, do you I would think assume, I would assume it's at seven, though? Do you think you'll wear a jean suit or a suit with a bolo tie? I think I said that right. I don't know. I don't know why he would uh, wear either. Because he's worn them in the past. Mm. When he went, when the Packers had the game, uh, the preseason game in Canada, he he rocked the uh, the jean the jean fit, and I'm pretty sure I saw him with a bolo tie. But he did you hear did you hear about the preparation that went into it? No, he I took, didn't. He took it very serious uh, because Jeopardy being one of his favorite shows growing up, he. Made sure to watch plenty of Jeopardy film. He even talked about how he practiced saying things the way that uh, Trebek would, an- you know, say answer the qu- answer the questions, answer things back to the contestants. Because um, I feel like I don't know. I from watching Jeopardy before, um, I feel like Trebek has some witty has witty comments. Yeah, back. Aw, isn't he? Isn't he, Will? Will, you're looking sharp in your profile picture. I'm sure he's never heard that one before. <laughs> thank you, Will. Thank you. I'm so handsome. Has there uh, ever been a game show that you've wanted to host, possibly? Oh, yeah, let's hear it. I mean, any That's of my lead-off question. Of course, like, it's hard to be... You know, Steve Harvey, who's hosting it now. Like, before I answer, I don't think I can be better than the host right now. But if I had a chance to host, Family Feud would be fantastic. I always mm-hmm. wanted to host the type of Family Feud. Uh, <laughs> I always wanted to host the type of Family Feud, you know, if it was at college, like between uh, houses. Like I said, Tennessee versus whoever. Oh, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if people wanted to do with Greek life, if people want to do with different clubs they have. I always thought that would have been a great idea for college. Yeah, Family Feud, awesome. Uh, Jeopardy's a good one too. Um, I feel like maybe it's maybe it's those two. Now, as far as being on a game show, they could be any game show. I think I'd I'd want to be on any any of them. Just any opportunity. Tell me. Just tell me, and then I'll be on it. Did you ever watch uh, that Whammy show, Double Whammy? That one always cracked me. Up. I watch a little of it on GSN. Mm-hmm. GSN, one of the one of the uh, best networks. One of those the networks that would that you would watch if you were like homesick from school. For me, it was because my I lived, uh, our grandma lived with us, so if I was homesick from school, she would kind of be the babysitter for me. It was GSN, Fox, CBS. Obviously, she liked her watching her the eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock news, and then the Cookie Network. Oh, and Bravo, Bravo was another network too. For me, if my grandma was here, it'd be uh, if like she was um, 
I don't know if she was here when when we'd be here. It'd be like the game show network, you know, mm-hmm. Price is Right, Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy, those game shows too. And then sometimes TLC. Uh, oh, yeah. Some shows on E, like Keeping Up with the Kardashians. And then there was another, there was some other shows with, you know who Niecy Nash is? Yes, but I don't know what show, I don't know the show you're talking he about. He had a show that was like, it was four people and they go to like a dirty house and they were totally changing. Uh, thank you, Braden. I'd, I'd love to do any of these, you know? Price is Right would be a fun one. That was going to be my answer for game shows that I would host because um, that was the game show that stay-at-home sick Marco would watch um, on those days. Silent Library, MTV had some really good game shows. Uh, and I guess, or you could say just contestant shows like Next. Um, there was this one that I used to watch where if where the parents, if they didn't like their son or daughter's boyfriend or girlfriend, they yeah. it was I can't remember what it was called, but they would um, they would ha- uh-huh. they would set up they would set up blind dates for them with two other contestants basically or future or possible boyfriend girlfriend that would knock off their current boyfriend girlfriend. It was kind of it was kind of funny that these parents would set these up and like um, you would see someone just break up with the current person that they're dating and. It, it, it was just that, that's MTV. That was that was called that was that's how MTV shows would go. Yeah, um, I also feel like it was on CMA too, and I don't know why. Um, but I remember seeing that show too. It was a really interesting show. <laughs> I think my mom, my grandma also liked watching uh, some MTV shows because she got that from my older cousins. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they would watch those and stuff. But wasn't there? There was another one, and I can't. I'm gonna get the name wrong. I think it's uh, maybe Chain Reaction. Uh, mm-hmm. where contestants uh, had start off with a word and then they had to finish the list or the word would go to the bottom. That was another fun one to watch. Like coffees on, on top, top, hat, right? Hat, cap, I don't know. <laughs> but yes, exactly. That was a fun one. Um, let's see. I don't know. I got, another, I got another important question for you. Are you going to be home for the title game tonight? I will not. Oh, you won't? Okay. Well, I was going to ask you what we should feast on, but mm-hmm. do you know what you're going to feast on tonight? Uh, I do not. So uh, uh, that'll be a surprise, I guess. Mm. I think I'm going to do some wing stop. Wings just sound appropriate for tonight. Wings and now, pizza. Wings, wings sound good. I'm hoping I can get some wings, but <laughs> we'll see. Well, Armand, did you watch the women's national ti- uh, national championship on on Sunday yesterday? I only caught the end of it because I end up having to do something. But uh, um, I obviously I saw the score. I caught a little of the final four games. Mm-hmm. Of both of them. Uh, did you catch them? Yes. Uh, not the, not the title game yesterday. I would listen to it while I was at work. Um, mm-hmm. But then, of course, I came home and family was all hanging out with family and friends were over. So I was following the end on Twitter. Yeah. But there it was seemed still... like there was a controversial call with like two minutes left. I missed this. Okay, tell me about I that. I did too. I, I was told from a different source, but I guess with a, I got to look it up. So I, I could be wrong what I'm regurgitating. But um, it was like with just over two minutes left, they called it out on uh, Arizona when it should have been Stanford uh, when it should have been out on Stanford 
but because it was not under two minutes, they couldn't review it. Wow. Um, but what, did that cost anything? Who knows? End up being a one-point game. Personally, I'm glad it was a close game. Uh, Arizona showed up, so that's nice to see. And, you know, we'll be saying that about the men's game too, right? The team that you don't expect to show up, who who then does kind of show up, that's kind of good to see. So, um, you know, good for them. But finally, it looks like Stanford hasn't won in 29 years. So yes. good for the coach. Yeah, uh, Tara Vanderbeer, that was her, I think – Third title as Stanford head coach. They won in 1990 and 1992, and 1992 being that last one. But, you know, Stanford, as we talked about, was one of those – has always been consistent in women's basketball. They've had 10 Final Four appearances during that 29-year drought, and they finished runner-up twice in 2008 and 2010. So mm-hmm. congrats to Stanford on winning, on winning the national title. I think one of the underlying stories from this team this year, they were the top, they were the number one overall seed in the tournament, not UConn. But this was a story that I caught um, from Sports Illustrated. Out of the 33 games that they played this year, mm-hmm. six, six of them were home games for them. This was a traveling team this year. Yeah. Wow. Six, that's what I'm saying. It, it, it is kind of like the dark, the dark horse story to this team. You know, when you hear top number one overall seed, you, you, you're you like, all right, best team in basketball. Well, they were the best team in basketball, and they were doing it by just being dominant on the road and having to deal with the COVID-19. Talk, talk about COVID-19 protocols really hitting a program this year. It was Stanford. And it talked about the team being persistent, living out of, living out of the hotels, traveling, all, all that sort of things. And then to just overcome that and win their first national title in almost 30 years, a very well-deserved championship for the Stanford Cardinals. And no, and still props to Arizona. They showed out as the number three seed this year. Um, they reached their first Final Four and national title game and their program's history. Adia Barnes, in her third year of coaching, has taken the Arizona Wildcats to from a six-win team to in women's NIT championship to making it their first appearance, of course, in the Final Four and national championship, and they probably had the best player of the tournament on their squad, and Ari McDonald, mm. who once again, Don, we saw what she did against UConn in their Final Four game, and then she still and she still dominated yesterday's game in the championship was. Had the final shot at the end. Fortunately, it didn't go in for them. But still, that was one of the other headlines from – and I feel like we're going to see the same headlines sort of after tonight's national title game, win or lose. Both teams, you know, were, are, should still give them the credit of what, they, of what they've accomplished this year. Yeah, it was uh, – um, what's her name? Ari McDonald, right? Mm-hmm. Because people, uh, she had to correct the reporters after a big uh, Final Four game. Said, "Sorry, my name's not Ari; it's pronounced Ari." Mm. Uh, so it's good for everyone to get that right. But yeah, she balled out. She balled out, right? This is her. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what she did. She, and you were watching those. If you watch those highlights, at least what I watched from the Final Four game, mm-hmm. you see her shooting up deep three shots, and times she'd shoot it. 
and be walking before it makes the basket, that's when you know you're ice cold. That's when you know, maybe not ice cold, but you're right, ice in your veins. Clutch. 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 And confidence. Of course, of course, all of us here are gonna love it. And I'm sure Bibbs loves it too. Like you said, the coach Barnes uh being an electric coach, not just with the double bird, but uh first of all, about that, you know, when you see that little uh little I wanna say highlight of when she does the thing, um, does the double bird, as Bibbs says, mm-hmm. uh, and her team gets hype about that. And what I like about that is she she was a Arizona alum, she was an mm-hmm. all-American player. Uh, not that I knew that before. I just looked it up. That's she fine. She knows what it's like to be a top player. She knows that environment. And she is a young coach. So she's no stranger to athletics or especially dominating in athletics. Uh, so I think we all love that here because it gets the players pumped. You don't feel like a stranger because the last thing you want is your coach to be a stranger, an outsider. And I don't think many coaches are. But, you know, we've seen what happens when maybe the coach doesn't get along with the players at any mm-hmm. level in any sport uh so good for her for being true to herself and she had a good speech saying she represented a lot of different people uh in her little run here and maybe there's going to be more to come mcdonald finished with 22 points in that game another kind of key thing about the stanford cardinals 11 out of the 12 players played multiple minutes yesterday 11 out of 12 talk about Yes, a deep bench. And that's something that I know if we're going to do in in comparison to our local university, KU, where you've talked about Coach Self, you know, he likes a small bench. But if you, but I feel like if we could take example from a national title team, the Stanford Cardinals team, the fact that they can play anybody on their bench, almost their whole bench. And still, they talked about the 12th player playing a role as far as being the loudest person on the bench, motivating, cheering on her, cheering on her team. When you got a when you got a team like that, the chemistry, the um, flow, where you can put different rotate, when you can put out different rotations um, onto the court, that's huge. That's huge for that's huge for a coach to know that she can trust. He or she can trust um, 11 of her players in this example, to go out there in a national title game, in a national title game where you had 21 turnovers, multiple double-digit leads. But once again, that we talk about that wildcat perseverance and overcome this. And this is where we tell Terrell, have a good day at work. Bye, Terrell. Bye, Terrell. But to be able to have 11 players on at your disposal to put into a national title game, that's huge. That's huge. And – that's something that I'd talk about. That's you. That's that's talking about a complete team, right there. Exactly. Um, I was trying to look up their stats, but when you want to compare it with, uh, you know, other basketball teams uh, across the world of basketball, you know, you mentioned the Stanford coach. She's been doing her job for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's a little easier for someone like me to criticize coaches, however great they are and say, you know, one small bad thing about them is they can't, you know, they can't expand on their bench. You know, that is a really difficult thing because you, I'm interested to see Stanford season stats, right? Did Mm -hmm. all those 11 players, and I think Alabama, Alabama's men's team was a team that utilized a lot of players on their bench. You can't just have them show up 
like tying Grant Foster did after a six game absence, right? Right. They have to be they have to be kind of uh, feeling it throughout the season. They can't just be missing a few games and then you expect them to throw, I don't know, six, seven points. So it's all about throughout the season keeping that uh keeping that large roster, large use of roster going. And you mentioned Stanford at 20 plus turnovers. Well, when you have 20 plus turnovers, you're gonna keep touching your bench, but uh it's gonna be it's gonna be better if that bench has had experience throughout the season where teams on the men's side like Alabama or on the women's side, like you said, Stanford have yep. had this season and it's going to show up and it's going to help you when you're going to need it. On the other hand, you know, when you have teams like, you know, the Kentuckys, the Dukes, the Kansases, right? The blue bloods who have tons of dominant players and then their benches, they got six, seven players on the bench who could be a star somewhere else, maybe in their conference. Uh, when you have, them being replaced by top-notch stars. I get why you don't want to expand. You don't want to expand into the roster or into the bench. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You don't want to keep subbing them out because you want them to be in the group. So it is kind of like a – what is that? Tippy-toppy? Is that a phrase? or a, <laughs> what is yeah, it called? Uh, Teeter-totter. A teeter-totter, right? It's kind of like a teeter-totter type <laughs> thing, right? Maybe I'm making my own Teeter-totter scale. Yeah, teeter the teeter-totter scale of uh, expanding on your bench. But <laughs> regardless, you know, we saw a good women's tournament and throughout the last few years, um, and to be honest, maybe it's because it's been getting a little more coverage, uh, but more people are watching the women's tournament. Uh, you're getting more exciting moments. Again, I think it's because we're getting, uh, we are uh, being exposed to it more. So it's not on them, it's more on us. Uh, but it, it, it's been a really exciting tournament. We got a few yes. upsets. My criticism not really criticism was always that the women's tournament seemed kind of chalk right it always seemed like the best teams would win and this year we kind of got a little taste of a of an upset uh whether that be in the final four which is uh what i was talking about with arizona being one of the big favorites in yukon uh so it was a great tournament we had fun keeping up with it and you know we're excited for it next year but luckily we got one more game. Exactly. And that's what we'll transition into. Uh, the top seed, once again, congrats to Stanford on winning the women's national title for this year. They were the top overall seed. And now tonight's game is featuring the top two seed, two seeds of the men's national tournament in Baylor and Gonzaga. Baylor dominated their final four game against Houston. I think that they did exactly what they were supposed to do in 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 their large margin victory. We knew Houston was a defensive team. They were unable to hold down the Baylor offense, the second best efficiency, the second efficient offense in the in NCAA, according to Ken Palm. We love that efficiency stat. And, you know, congrats to the Houston Cougars on making it to the first final four in what, 20, 20 something years? Yeah, let, it's the 80s. Since the 80s. Um, but it, it, it we saw we saw the Bay, we saw the Baylor team that we expected. You talked about uh, all year. Baylor has those moments where they come out flat and they're not the team that they're supposed to be. Drew Scott got his players going and they shot over fifty percent from the field in this one. Drew Scott, it, Scott Drew, Scott Drew, Drew Scott, Drew Scott, <laughs> Scott Drew the. You know, you gotta when we look at this matchup tonight, you gotta love what both coaches have done with their programs since they started their tenure at the respected universities. But 
um, Scott, Scott Drew, someone who KU fan, you know, certain KU fans have doubted. I know I've doubted him over the years. Um, he's definitely taken this Baylor team who they had high expectations even last year before the coat, before COVID canceled the tournament uh, last year, they were going to be one of the t- they were going to be a number one seed last year, even going into it. But now to bounce back from last year's adversities and make it to not only your programs or make it to your program's first national title game. Now, both ch- both coaches have a chance of winning their first national title ever. And so for me, that's why I'm totally fine with that. Whoever wins tonight, I'm just happy because those are two coaches that have taken their programs to levels and expectations that I don't think anyone had for them. Cause this was a conversation I was having with someone last night. Cause I was explaining to them, they asked me about Gonzaga and I was explaining to them your theory of them being one of the new bloods mm-hmm. um, in respect to the blue blood and in contrast to the blue bloods was Gonzaga a good basketball program program before Mark Hughes had taken over as head coach. No, I don't think so. But you got to also remember that Mark Few has taken over or has been the coach for a while, right? So as I'm looking at their stats right now, and the reason I, I remember the first time I saw Gonzaga, I was about to go to my friend's house. I think I was in second, third grade. My friend Charlie Edgar, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going there, and they're Mizzou fans. His family mm-hmm. was Mizzou fans. And Gonzaga was actually on ESPN. It was in the – I felt like um, – it was in the like the fall before winter, so it was still non-conference time. And Gonzaga was playing MU at the time, and they had uh, is it Adam Morrison, yep. right, the top player? Because I remembered his hair and all that. It was a funny <laughs> team name, you know, in my head. the The guy kind of looked funny. So ever since then, Gonzaga's always been in my head. I always had a a liking for Gonzaga. That said, it's not like I'm I I dislike a lot of teams outside right. the rivals. I mean. You cheer for these teams, and just like you said, with Gonzaga, Baylor, Baylor's still iffy, but those are teams that have been waiting for their chance. But I, I also agree with you. I, I like that Gonzaga's finally got here. Mark Few uh, and Drew Scott, Scott Drew, they both deserve to be here. They finally got it. Um, but in terms of Gonzaga, and these are two programs that uh, both coaches have kind of uh, resurrected, per se. And you are right about Mark Few. Um, I'm looking at the times they've made it far in the tournament. In fact, they they never made the tournament before 1995, and I think and Mark Few has been coaching. He's been since, coaching since 99. Since 99. So if he's been coaching since 99, they only made the tournament once before him, and he was an assistant coach. Um, and so, ever since he took over as head coach, they've always made the tournament with – with last year's, of course, getting canceled. Yeah, they've made every single tournament, and they've won. I think they've won. They've had two ten-plus streaks of conference of regular season of conference, uh, winning the conference tournament, except for like a a one-point loss to San Francisco, which which separated the streak. Mm. Um, so they've been a dominating team. Mark Few has taken them to six elite. Five elite eights, right? So I'm rusty on my stats because I'm reading it right now. It's all right. He's he's brought them into that you know new blood discussion and looking at this stat, it does feel like um, it it does feel like you know 
that new blood discussion can begin. Because before I had mentioned, you know, teams like Villanova and Virginia, and even Villanova made the Sweet 16 this year. I know Virginia doesn't, it hurts my argument because they did get upset this year, I think by Ohio. But, mm-hmm. you know, you look at those teams and you look at the other teams, and one thing you told me is those blue bloods have always been, you know, in the running for the titles. And more or less, they kind of have. You know, you've had to beat at least one. I guess Gonzaga had to beat a blue blood to get here. But when you look at their stats, maybe they are that new blood. And if it's not a team of teams, maybe it is just one team. Exactly. Uh, But they do need to win a title. Both teams have been waiting for a title, and it can help their argument as being in the discussion for whether there's a a new blood or whether it is, you know, a team that's dominating – in this decade, because regardless of being part of a blood, you're called blood, you are still, you know, there have been decades where teams have dominated, right? Mm-hmm. UConn, yeah, Houston, right? Uh, with Fice, Fice Lama Jamma, right? You had teams like, I don't know, the Texases have dominated before. Yep. You can just read, read, through the, read through the list of teams. So fun fact about tonight's game. This, well, first off, they were supposed to play on December 5th before – COVID protocol, uh, Baylor had their issues with it, and that game was canceled. But now we get to see them on April 5th tip off against each other, so that's kind of funny. Uh, kind of just a, a three, two, a two month, two months, yeah, December, January, February, boom. Two months in between uh, days of when they were supposed to play. It is the first time in over a decade that two number one seeds meet in the national title game. It's the fifth all-time that the – that the number one seeds have met each other in the championship. The last one coming in 1999 when Duke and UConn played each other and UConn won that game. It was the program's first national title game and head coach Jim Calhoun's first of three national titles. Armand? These are the top two one seeds? Yes, and these are the top two one seeds, I, I would say. I feel, I feel no, like no, no. these are the teams you mentioned, the five you've mentioned. That's the five times that it's been the top two one seeds? Yes. Okay. And wow. so, and so uh, Baylor in this instance would be UConn and Gonzaga being Duke. Bibbs kind of has a hot take right now. We'll get to what it takes for Baylor to win. But what will it, what will Gonzaga have to do to win this game against Baylor? We saw that they are human. They are in fact human. In fact, a team use a team UCLA, the play-in team, the Cinderella team. They played him not only for 40 minutes, but they played him to the very end of overtime, and it took a miracle shot from Jalen Suggs to win to advance Gonzaga to their second national title game in five years. What will it take for Gonzaga to win? And if they win. Well, could they be mentioned in the same sentence as undefeated teams like Indiana, the last team that we saw go all the way um, with a with a undefeated season? Oh, and Bibbs here with his hot take. Since you got it on the screen, let me tackle the second part of the question, right? Gotcha. Let, me, let me tackle the, the uh, hot take. I get that. And, you know, I've heard that from people before. Gonzaga doesn't deserve to be in the conversation of, uh, you know, you know, the top dominant teams because of the conference they're in. Uh, does dominating a conference matter if your conference isn't that top? Well, take away Gonzaga. You really have BYU and St. Mary's who show up when Gonzaga doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. And BYU still was a sixth seed in the tournament, correct? 
and they beat them three times. But if that doesn't matter, then, okay, we look at their non-conference because they can't do anything about their conference because the Pac-12 or any of the other dominated conferences won't accept them because they don't have a football team, correct? So we can look at who they have played. And as I'm looking at who they've played, their non-conference schedule, they played an Auburn team, right, beat them by 23. They played Creighton. Bibbs is Creighton. All right, sorry. That was the <laughs> – let me look at it this way. They beat Auburn. They beat West Virginia by five. They beat Iowa by 11. They beat Virginia by a 17. And then they start their conference playing. Then in the tournament, we know what they did. Oklahoma, Creighton, USC, they handled them and didn't get a challenge really until UCLA. Uh, this was their first game uh, within 10 points. They beat BYU the third time by 10, and then they beat West Virginia by five. Other than that, every game has been over 10-point differential. And obviously, they're undefeated, so they won each game. So this UCLA game taken to overtime was hands down their biggest challenge. Looking at their non-conference, I, I still feel like they can be mentioned in the same sentence as mm -hmm. as, as undefeated teams. Because we've seen, you know, other teams like uh, Wichita State, who, you know, got that tough matchup with the eight-seed Kentucky, who ended up going to the national title game and losing there. And they lost to them. That was another team that fit the mold of, you know, their conference may not have been as good. Or what about turning the clock back? There was a mm. St. Joseph's team, I think in 99 or 01, uh, Jameer Nelson and uh, who else had like a couple top guards, right? They were undefeated until their conference tournament. And I think they made it to like the Elite Eight. That's another team uh, that, you know, were top teams that just couldn't get it done. I think if Gonzaga can finish it, to answer your question, I, I know it wasn't a question, but I think if Gonzaga can finish it, I still think they're considered – in the same realm because why they got it done in the tournament mm -hmm. they were the one seed so of course of course they weren't going to get the toughest matchups in the tournament but still they saw an oklahoma team who you know was in a tough conference and played against top teams who knew if they were going to give a fight they probably could have given a fight they did it they played who i argued was a good creighton team a creighton team that kind of liked this baylor but more so for creighton we never knew which type of creighton team could uh, show up because I thought they were a pretty good team. I think KU beat them only by one. I know KU isn't the best example of comparing this season, but still Creighton was a good team. And we talk about last year, teams that got quote unquote cheated. Creighton's one of them who had a dominant season last year amongst KU, Gonzaga, Baylor. Yes. Uh, and then you look, they, they beat a top USC team that was underseeded. And we saw what happened with UCLA. If you want to say they got lucky, I guess, but I know no one here is saying it, but some people have. But in the end, they were, they just got the last shot, and that's all they needed. So to sum that up, I think I think they still can be mentioned in the same sentence. And and those are all why. But another why, it's been like 45 years. So no <laughs> one has been able to do it, whether you played in a bad conference or you played in a good conference. So we've seen teams in bad conferences have one loss, two loss, but now they're in the championship game as an undefeated team. So let's see if they can get it done. If they can't get it done, then more people will have that same argument that Bibbs is saying. That's a fact. More people will be saying that. Do you want me to answer your first question now, or did you want to? No, go. No, I, I wanted to say I, I, that was perfect. The 45 years, that right there is 
kind of is the arg is the argument that you bring to this hot take that Dibs has presented because look how hard it's been. And of course, you look at Gonzaga's non-con schedule, non-conference schedule, which you went through, and the teams that they beat before their conference schedule, and the way that in the way that they dominated the tournament leading up to the national title game. And I you said it right there. You co you covered it all right there. Right there, you you took down the hot take right there. You and tackled it. I left it. out my team. I left you, out the University of Kansas that they started their season with. Exactly. And that was still a great game to watch uh, to kick off the season. And so, Armand, you can stay in the kitchen because you can take the heat. He just threw ice cubes on Bibbs right there. You did. You just you know what you did. You did a sneak attack on Bibbs. You pulled up. You pulled the shirt from behind and dumped ice cubes down it. That's what he did. So cool you off, know, Bibbs. Cool I off. I would say that. But just because of the way Bibbs phased it, he didn't say this is a hot take. He, he, he didn't. He didn't yeah. bring it out aggressively. No, he didn't. He brought it out a little friendly, so I'll have some friendly fun. Now, if he did aggressively, he knows. He knows I'll be there like when we play one-on-one. -on -one. He knows it. He knows it. But <laughs> So, but, yeah. Armand, what, what does Gonzaga have to do to beat Baylor tonight? You know, my answer, my kind of cheating answer would be they just got to be themselves, right? Because other than the other day, when they've been themselves, no one's been able to stop them, regardless of who they've played. Now... The one, the one question is this, right? Baylor is, hands down, the best team that they're going to be able to play. Mm -hmm. And Baylor has this chip on their shoulder that a lot of people against Drew Scott Scott Drew, right, that we've mentioned. <laughs> a lot of people saying that they don't show up maybe every game. And really there was – they had a few close wins, but you have that Kansas and Oklahoma State loss, which, again, were good teams that were playing some of their best this season – uh, they did lose them, but other than that, they've played a pretty well season. Um, but I just feel like Gonzaga's a machine. You look at them, and you can look at their top three players in uh, Timmy, Kispert, and Suggs yep. in no order. Mm -hmm. And then there have been games where there's top three players. They weren't even the best players because you have, what's his name, Nemhard and Ayayi, right? Yep, Let and he showed out last. Baylor. He showed out in the final four. Yeah, Timmy and Ayayi. That's all I've I've been hearing over the weekend, right? But the, you have a starting lineup that's dominant, and that's on the Gonzaga side. There we go. It's Timmy time. Timmy time. Ayayi, right? <laughs> but as as Sam as Sam is saying, Juzang, Walkes, Hawkes, right? Sorry, they showed up. That UCLA team showed up. Who was number ten with the crazy hair on UCLA? Uh, he showed up. Oh, uh, you're talking about Juzang? Oh, you're talking about their point guard. Mm-hmm. He, he showed up. And who was that one guy who kept shooting the mid-rangers? Number two. Was that the Kansas City guy? I'll have to look up the roster. I'll have to look up the roster. As I'm saying this, as I'm saying this, how did UCLA make it close? Tiger. Lele knows it was Tiger was the point guard. <laughs> as I'm saying this, we mentioned UCLA had four players and more, of course. Four players show up. To beat Gonzaga, you need four or more players to show up. You need your whole team, your whole starting lineup to show up because that's yes. what UCLA did. You can't just have one or two players. I know that's a cop-out answer, but after seeing the last game, you know, I would usually say Gonzaga could just be themselves. They were on pace to join the likes of, uh, and I'll look it up once you're going to give your spiel. 
but the likes of some of the most dominant tournament teams that have won by the most point differential. Um, but now with Baylor, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, I'm just excited for this game because it's going to be now two dominant teams. And for all the few problems that people want to say that Gonzaga had, you know, and Baylor being a top-notch team, not like an Iowa, right? Not like a Virginia who maybe right. don't trusting one player. UCLA at least had, you know, those top four players. Um, it's just on the other side, Baylor needs all their players to show up. Yes, you're right. They need all their players to show up and get Gonzaga in foul trouble. Because I think Timmy, Ayayi, and Suggs at one point had three fouls um, with still a good amount to play in the second half. So that that's that's my spiel. Now it's time for yours, Mark. <laughs> I'll give my spiel on Baylor. So you talk Gonzaga. I will get the Baylor preview for this one. Um, and Sam Sam Valdez. Good morning, Sam. Welcome. Glorious to see you. I hope your morning meetings went well with with work. And he's rooting for the Bears tonight. Mm-hmm. He's all in on the Big Twelve team, Big Twelve support. And he's already been talking about. You know, he's already thrown out the names out there for Baylor. Mm. Oh, the coffee's cold now. Ooh. Um, <laughs> um, so, like you said, Gonzaga, another team with a, with they have their three guys. Well, Baylor has their three guys as well with Mitchell, Teague, and um, I'm going to forget the last name off the top of my head. Yeah, Butler. Excuse me, Butler. Check your vitals. That's what I'd yell at him. Vitals been there forever. I'd always say check your vitals, and he's still there. He's still there. The vital. He's he's their fourth guy that they're going to need to show out today. My big thing is I hope the refs let them play because, once again, I don't know if there's going to be any defense in this one. I think we'll see kind of the same same type of game that we saw with UCLA and Gonzaga where um, both teams are just going to be hot. They're going to be hot from the field, and it's going to be whoever maybe has the, la- who has the basketball last could show up and could mm-hmm. wins this game. So that's, that's kind of where I stand with Baylor because – that's a team that that's a team that they have been is especially against defensive teams is that they've always shown out offensively. So I feel like both teams game plans are kind of similar in this one where it's get your three guys hot, get them going, get the offense flowing. Um, Cause it's going to be, it's going to be the type of game where each team is scoring. If it turns mm-hmm. into a defensive game mm-hmm. somehow, I, I just I don't I don't know I don't know what to think of that. So I'm really hoping that the refs let both teams play tonight for that reason. So my take if Baylor wins this game, it's either because they got the last shot or Mitchell, Teague, and Butler have 30 points each in this one. Maybe and maybe and Vi- and Vital shows up with the double double, which Sam gave his take on that one. He's smelling he a double double cooking up. He needs to He's, make sure it's not Timmy Todd. So for Baylor, they especially need to not turn the ball over and don't get in and don't and get back on defense quickly. Get back on defense quickly because we know Gonzaga is one of the best teams in the nation, if not the best for um, excuse me. I had a brain fart there. Uh, They are they are they are they are one of the fastest scoring teams in 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 basketball. And I believe as far in comparison to UCLA and their game, 
they outscored UC. They they there it is. They you they outscored UCLA fifty six to twenty four on fast break on fast break scoring. So if you're Baylor, get your buckets, get back on defense quickly. Do not get in the foul trouble. Do not let your best players get in the foul trouble in this one because that may have been something that hurt Gonzaga in their final four matchup with UCLA. You mentioned that three of their players got into foul trouble pretty early. So if you're Baylor, stay out of foul trouble. Get back on defense. Don't let Gonzaga outpace you in this one. And just got to keep up the scoring. Because once again, I just truly believe this is not going to be a defensive kind of game. And the line in this one is Gonzaga minus four and a half. So Vegas sees it as a close game as well. Um, Armand, I know I'm asking this kind of off the top top of the head now that, now that I presented that, that stat. Do you take Gonzaga cover? Or do you think Baylor will cover that four and a half spread? You know, I'm going to give my favorite arm on answer. I don't know. Cause I'm in my head. I'm thinking, okay, what's my prediction for this game? Cause I want to ride with Gonzaga, but I can see it very well. I I'll give I'll give a good answer. I can see either Gonzaga or Baylor winning. There right? you go. <laughs> but the thing is I can see it being a Gonzaga wins by seven game. And they yes. hit at seven points, then they're going to be tied with fifth uh, most largest point differential throughout a tournament at 106, mm-hmm. right? If they can get that seven point. I could see them winning by seven, and I can also see it being a one possession game, less less than the four and a half, right? Being it a two two possession game on either side, whoever it is, Baylor or Gonzaga. To be safe. guess i would say baylor could cover yeah i guess i guess that's what i would say um and you know i'm reading through the comments and i'm really thinking in my head thanks raj i can read it through the comments that's where you put your money on raj that's where you bet the house on my on my pick but as i'm going through my head i can see with baylor i'm all over them having this huge chip on their shoulder where people saying, right, Scott mm-hmm. Drew, Drew Scott isn't a good coach. That's what I'm going to start calling them, Marco. I have to call them by those two names. But you can hear he's not a good coach. You can hear that they don't show up all the time. They aren't a yeah. top team. They choke in March. Well, now we're in April, though. So are they going to choke? So I can – and you saw, they beat a good Houston team. Good defense. Brandon team. hasn't played anyone. A good yeah. Houston team. They beat him by 19. They didn't let him have a game. Mm-mm. So there's something in here that they have this mentality. Okay, we're about to make history because here's a team that's about to be the first undefeated team, whether Bibbs likes it or not, the first <laughs> undefeated team in 40-some years. What if we ruin their party? They've been waiting for this moment for longer than we have. And, you know, I, I no, no, and I, I, I see why Vegas did the four and a half because you brought up again, and it's a – something that I've stuck to through for a while now with um, Drew Scott, you know, kind of choking in the end. So I could see that where Baylor has a chance to tie up the game down by two, maybe down by three, and they totally just come out flat on their set play or something, and it doesn't work out for them. So I could, I, I see why that's a thing, but I, man, it's, it, it, I'm so glad that we got this game because it really is the best of two teams facing each other in college basketball. It really is the people's choice 
people's choice, excuse me, national title game. Uh, and what a great way, what a great way to conclude the basketball season and the tournament season um, this year. Like I said, I, or Terrell asked, am, am I Gonzaga or Baylor today? And I told him I'm a zookeeper because I'm happy with whoever wins, Bulldogs or Bears. Bulldogs are part of the zoo now. It's part in my in my world, I guess. But um, that's 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 where my stance is on it. And of course, Scott Drew and Mark Mark Fuse, two coaches, de- deservedly so of a national title. Would love to see Mark Fuse get it because of where he once again has been has been there since 1999 searching for that first national title had a shot against unc a few years ago but unfortunately what's that a good shot yes a good shot with a very good high scoring offensive team and so yes right drew scott scott drew is the new chris paul clip uh tongue twister scenario Braden, are you going to get some Little Caesars tonight? I might get some Little Caesars because then I, that's how I know Terrell won't eat any of the food <laughs> and I'll have it all for me. I'm going to, this is the night. This is the night to go and get the food that you've always wanted to get. If you didn't get it on Super Bowl Sunday, then tonight is tonight because this is going to be a, this is going to be the game to watch. Probably when the SPs come around, this is going to be nominated for game of the year. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, fingers so crossed. We have the final four game. Pizza, 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 pizza. <laughs> Little Caesars, if you're watching, I want you to sponsor us. By we'll put you in the bottom third down here eating that slice of pizza. You know, once again, once again, one of the best pizza logos out there. You know that aside, uh, <laughs> I'm I I keep thinking about this championship game, and with a lot of Gonzaga games, and I'll be honest with. With every Baylor game, too, especially when KU beat them. And the reason I got to mention that is because I know if Baylor wins, that's what I'm going to see on my Twitter feed. KU beat Baylor, KU beat Baylor, to the point where I'm going to get annoyed of it, and I don't want to be annoyed of it. KU's the real national champion this year. But um, even in that game, both with Baylor and Gonzaga, every game they've played, I thought they would win. So now we're at, though, like you said, the championship game we've wanted. We're both confused of who's going to win. We have one undefeated team, and we have one team that has lost twice to two good teams. Yep. So uh, when I'm trying to think of, you know, there have been championship games that we've been this close, but we're really in the middle. And thinking back to the last few championship games, whether the team we thought would win won or they did lose, I don't know when was the last time where everyone's been so much in the middle. And I have to put my hand here. Because mm. me and you are kind of divided by a, by are divided Screen. by a line, so I have to put that here. here. In the nope, re- that oh, doesn't help. Oh, <laughs> Anyways, it's such a competitive game that I don't know which way it's going to go. That four and a half spread, also, you know, kind of makes it. Is it going to be Gonzaga winning by three? And no, I think I would take Baylor to cover. I'm more confident on that than confident on who's going to. Sorry, on who's going to win. Yeah, I like. It. I, I just, I just text our, our roommate Terrell because I was talking about food with him earlier. He said because I had mentioned Wingstop to him. He said, he said when you said Wingstop, the pizza lights in my head went off. So I'm thinking it may be a pizza and wings type of night. It probably it, it's going to be a pizza and wings type of night. Uh, Armand, we have ten minutes left in the show today. Um, mm. You said Gonzaga. I'm going to go ahead and just pick Baylor since that's what we've gone with in the division. 
you have been you're one of you're one for oh in national title games because you said Stanford over Arizona on our Friday show. So you were one and oh. So Gonzaga, congratulations. You got you got you got Armand's pick. So you guys may may get your first national title tonight. Well, you may not, because as we know with picks, is you always flirt with you as everyone flirts with 50%. Yeah, Anyone who says they get all their picks right. Don't share the ones they get wrong. <laughs> so I don't know if Gonzaga is going to like this or not. I'm saying Gonzaga, but my head keeps saying uh, Baylor, Baylor, Baylor. But because I've been riding with Gonzaga, I'll stick with them. But what I want the most is a, is a top game. I want a game go. better than that magical Final Four game that maybe we're ready to say best Final Four game of all time. I know we've only been live for 23 years, but – as far as we know, that was a competitive game. And I hope this is just as competitive. And I'm going to touch on this because Raj had asked uh, how many players return to UCLA this for this next year. Looking at the roster, I didn't realize they only had one senior on the team this year, and that was number five, Chris Smith. You know what? Would a coach like Mick Cronin and a team that rallied around a number a 10 seed, 11 seed, 10 or 11 seed, which one? They were 10 seed, I believe. Who, UCLA? UCLA? Yeah. 11. They were at 11 seed. Mick Cronin, a really good head coach, a lot of juniors on that team. Why not come back to UCLA? I hope, I, Raj, I don't know the real answer. I don't know the fact. I can't see into the future. But with the team that the run that they just made, with the coach that they have, and only one senior, and you're bringing back all that experience, do it. Do it. UCLA, return everybody. Go out and redeem and redeem your Cinderella story with the national title this next year. So I hope UCLA gets it. But with the remaining with the remaining minutes that we have, the Royals. If you have one of the streaming services, the Royals. No, wait. I I have to oh, say what? something about your UCLA thing. Whoever Juzang goes to, I hope no one reaches for him. But whoever he quote unquote drops to, if he's a late lottery pick, I think that's a great pick. I go. think he's a top player, not on a trash team, but on a team that has some assets, has some things to build with. I think you get Juzang. Maybe think, like a New Orleans Pelicans type team, maybe a Mavericks type team. I don't team. know. He seems really good. And if he can get, if he can become dominant at shooting like the dominant NBA players, who knows? Because he's hmm. a top player. There you but go. We can go to the Royals now. I just had to say oh, that. He definitely, you know, that's what tournament March Madness is for. It gives you a good look at players because some of them do show out and have a tournament tournament run like Juzang did um we'll see if Jalen Suggs is still the top player one of the top three players going into the draft this next year could be if he's four then whoever got four they're like <laughs> <laughs> I love that oh Uncle Maury happy Monday to you sir happy Monday happy Monday all right it's so a happy Monday if you have one of the streaming services that doesn't show the Royals because MLB baseball sucks when it comes to providing content for its viewers, the viewers that it does have, well, you are in luck because the Royals in their fourth game this year, and I can't remember the last time they had an early, an early game in prime time. They are going to be on ESPN at three o'clock today. So, if you want to watch the Royals before the national title game tonight, if you want to get it's a truly it's a tr if you are if you are living in Kansas City, if you are a Kansas City person, it is a true sports day for you because the two and one Royals 
And, you know, I learned yesterday that the Rangers are one of the worst teams in baseball. So say, take take as you will what you saw in the first three games from this Royals team. I still, I still have high hopes for them and am looking forward to when they take on the Cleveland Indians today, a team that kind of hurt themselves this offseason as far as trades and um, letting and letting their best player, Francisco Lindor, go to New York. I'm very excited to see what this Royals team does because, once again, in baseball, division plays a big factor, and you play a lot of games against your division teams. So they're going to – so if you really want to see what this Royals team is about in the early part of the season, these next two series are very important as they take on the Indians – and then they play the Chicago White Sox, who are an AL Central favorite this year. Danny Duffy is on the mound for the Royals, making his 2021 debut for Kansas City. Very curious to see what the Duff man brings in his first showing, as there were talks of him maybe being moved to a long reliever into the bullpen when they bring up when they bring up one of their young stars in Coar or Lynch or Lacey. So I'm very excited to see what Danny Duffy does in his first game for the Royals. They're on the road in Cleveland. It's on ESPN. You know, this is one of those early tryouts to see, all right, let's see what this Royals team is like before we give them more primetime games this season. That's how I see it. They put up double-digit runs in their first two games, unfortunately lost Sunday's game against the Rangers. But, hey, you know what? That's just baseball. You can't win them all. You know, we said 162-0, 100 after the first two games, now the joke is 161 and one. Obviously, that's not the case. But in baseball, if you can win series during the regular seasons, if you can win 60%, 70% of your maybe maybe 70% is too high, but 60% of your regular season series, then you're gonna set yourself up for a division crown. And so I'm very excited. You know, the Royals started off hot. It gets the fans excited. Everybody loves the beginning of baseball season. You know, once we once a losing streak starts to happen, hopefully not knock on wood, that's when the fans fall off. But I'm just excited to watch the Royals at 3 o'clock today, primetime ESPN. Maybe I'll have to go get a feast for that as well before tonight's wings and pizza. But, Armand, are you going to be watching the Royals at I 3 o'clock? I wasn't aware of that ESPN. You know, with baseball season, you know me, I'm trying to watch as many games as I can. Mm-hmm. I know the games are – Almost every day. So just in the morning, you just check ESPN. Rose points it. Awesome. I wasn't aware it was ESPN until you told me earlier today. So that's that's great because it's at three o'clock, and I was looking at the Jeopardy time. I think it's going to depend on where you are. Mm. Uh, I wonder if they're going to make it a prime time thing. But it he over here, it might be at two o'clock. Oh crap! Okay, so we got to check, um, and it might be just a regular. It might be just a regular. T- the wings and pizza. You're getting the wings and pizza. <laughs> Babe, <laughs> that that gave that took us a second. Okay, okay, that gave you got to give us. That took us five seconds. I was really thinking fast in my head. Um, <laughs> wings and pizza. Yes, the wings and pizza. <laughs> <laughs> but so if jeopardy's at two we got jeopardy at two royals at three a little break and then the national championship championship game at eight i believe yes uh, marco's still taking it back but if not then then uh royals at three 
Jeopardy at whatever time, seven, if people if it's at that time, and then national title game at eight. Against, I, again, I just said central times. But it'll be great. It's a treat yourself day. You know, who knows? You will be getting that wings and pizza or whatever else. Uh, it can be abbreviated the, too. <laughs> it's a treat yourself day, right? It's a treat yourself day. It is indeed. The the payday was Friday. The wallet is full. It's time to break it out because this is that, that that is what today is for. Today is a wallet breaker kind of day. Um, if you're a golfer, beautiful weather outside. I hope you have a tee time set up. And speaking uh, of golf, on Thursday we got the Masters. We do, we do. We it, it, you know what I saw on Twitter? It's Jim Nance's week. It's Jim Nance it week. You got it the is. national title. You got Augusta, you got the Augusta, you got the Masters at Augusta, Georgia, Georgia. Georgia. All right, in this remaining minute, if you, I'm going to give you some things to watch on this Monday to start off your week. If you haven't already, go watch the versus battles between Earth, Wind, and Fire and the Isley Brothers. I started off my morning with that today. Didn't get to catch it last night. Mm, chef's kiss. Beautiful. A beautiful put performance set whatever you want to call it steve harvey again hosted it steve harvey's everywhere as a host he hosts the nfl awards he will host family feud he hosts versus battles now he's, he's the best he's the you know a lot of people don't know this family feud was kind of dying before him mm -hmm. yeah and yeah. He, he hopped in and he changed it he really brought it up sometimes you just need the right person um to you know, hype up the crowd. You need a, you need someone there to get the people going. The Loki trailer dropped today. If you're an MCU guy, it feel it, it it's exciting because I like where they're going with the story and how they're continuing it on for the Marvel universe. And uh, you know what? Watch the UCLA and Jordan and Gonzaga highlights tonight. Why not before the game? Get just get the people going because that's the way I see tonight's game going on. I take Baylor in this one, Armand. They cover, and they cover pretty handily. They win 94 to 90. It's a it's going to be an – bet the over responsibly, folks. Bet the over. Oh, 94, it's phase two. It's phase two. 94 to 90? What, what's the over, 162, something like that? Maybe. Space Jam 2 trailer, there you go. He said it's oh, silly. All right, you said 94, 90? Yes. <sighs> Fine. You said Baylor, so you know how it is. I was thinking you'll say Baylor. I'll go with the Bulldogs. I'll go 87, 83. Mm. Baylor, Baylor just, just by half a point covers. But 87, 83. Gonzaga wins their first title. They're the first undefeated team in 45 years. 76, 68, Sam says for Baylor. Is Champions League tomorrow or Wednesday? Well, I'll, I'll tomorrow we got Champions League tomorrow, so we better hope we have a we have a free Wednesday because we need to have a good show Wednesday. We got Masters, we got Champions League. We'll recap this game, uh, talk about Jeopardy, talk more Royals, <laughs> and we'll see how it is. There you go. So we'll see you guys on Wednesday. A good Wednesday, hump day. But as always, have a great Monday. Have a great start to the week. If you're working, you're playing, enjoy your Monday. Enjoy your Tuesday. We'll be back Wednesday. Bye, Armand. See you later, Marco. Bye, everybody. See you guys later.